2 Kings chapter 6. We are going to read about and talk about the story of Elijah, who used by the Lord, he did great things. And there is a lesson for us to learn here as a church, as members of the church, as Christians who are daily walking with the Lord. I'm going to mention only to you verses from 8 to 13. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to tell you what's going on at that moment before I keep reading verse number 13. Israel is fighting another war, which is nothing new about that. They are fighting another war, and the king of the Aram, Arameans, Arameans, can you help me with that? Arameans? Thank you. You guys are so graceful. That's, I always knew that about this church. They were ready to take care of Israel. They were ready to do business and just go and fight the people of God, the people of Israel. And what God was doing is he was using Elijah to show to the people of Israel every plan that this king was putting together. Before they did something, the people of Israel already knew about it. Before they fight and they tried to put some uh, uh, soldiers someplace, the people of Israel already knew about it because Elijah was receiving the message from God, telling them everything. And then the king said, he asked to his commanders, soldiers, somebody here is talking. Somebody here is saying all the plans that we have. And they said, no, it's none of us. There is a prophet among the people of Israel who receives from God the message, and he's saying everything, everything that you said, even in the most secret place, wherever you are, he knows. The king gets really mad. And then verse number 13 says like this. Then, after finding out verse Elisha, verse number 14, sorry, then he sends horses and chariots and strong force before, there, before them. They went by night and surrounded the city. And I'm going to stop there for a few minutes. It's really difficult to to imagine why somebody like this king is sending so many people to only catch one person, in this case, the prophet of God. Why do you send so many people to only catch one person, is the question. Many of the people that read this passage, uh, what they say is that uh, the message that the king was trying to send was a message of fear. The message that he was trying to send to Elijah was for him to know that he is going to be all by himself fighting against everybody else and he doesn't have anything else to do. Now, my question to you will be this. Do you think that's still happening today? 
Maybe you are not fighting. Maybe you are not thinking about real physical fighting. But don't you feel sometimes that you go out there, out to work, you come to church, you go anywhere, and sometimes your problems, your issues, everything is so great that when you are there, don't you feel that you are afraid of what is going to happen in the future? The next verse, after verse 14, mentioned that, says like this, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. He was afraid. What are we going to do now is the question. What is going to happen now? Let me just review this story a little bit. First of all, when you know uh, the place where, 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 uh, where Elisha is, which according to verse number 13, it says that he is in Dotan. And I don't know if I pronounce it right, but you have it in your Bible. They mentioned that usually that place is among mountains. And one of those hills, probably the city was probably there, and one of those hills. And then you go down, and then you see another hill, just going like that. The city was on that hill, and the prophet was living, I mean, staying in that city. Maybe where all the army, I mean, the army, the soldiers, the horses, and all of that were staying was just like going down the hill, the next hill, they probably were someplace there, they think. And when the servant goes out to whatever he was doing early morning, they think that he probably was praying at that morning. When he goes out and he sees far away to the other hill, you see going down, he sees all these people around the city, surrounding the whole city. Now, how big is the city? They say that probably was around 24 acres. Not that big. Small city. They probably didn't even have these big walls like many of the big cities had. They probably didn't have any of that. So the servant was looking with no walls. He was looking. They have soldiers over there. And he probably looked the other way a little bit moving. He's seen people everywhere. And he was afraid. At that moment, the first thing that came to his mind was, I see them over there, and I am here. What am I, go I, mean, what am I going to do now? He goes running to the prophet, and he asks, Lord, now what? What are we going to do? Isn't that what happens sometimes? Sometimes in my life, Sometimes in your life, we have situations that we just, I mean, nothing is happening, but you are seeing from far away. You already kind of like seeing the future, and you're saying, wow, you know what? In a couple of months, we are going to be in this situation. What are we going to do? And many times we react not even to the things that are happening to us, but we react just by seeing the future. Not even being there, but just seeing the future. What am I going to do now? 
And I don't know if that has happened to you, but that happened to me many times. The problem is how you are going to react. The servant was afraid. And I mentioned in many other sermons that being afraid is the only thing of many, or, 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 the thing that is going to keep you away from those miracles that you are probably going to see it coming from God. We are afraid to do great ministries. Because what? I see the future that this church cannot do that much. So I'm afraid to do some things. I am afraid to do, you know, some things with my family, with my health, because I know I can do it. You know, they are not going to, I mean, we always see the future, and without even being there, we are already afraid. And we make a decision based on that fear. The beautiful thing about this story is that this servant goes back to the prophet, goes back to the one who is connected to God. And the prophet, what he does in verse number 16 is, first of all, he encouraged the servant by saying, don't be afraid. Is that something new? How many times Jesus said the same thing to his disciples? Do not be afraid. How many times even when he's talking about the last days, he says, do not be afraid. Nothing new. And the message is still the same today. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. And then he said a statement that we all know. And I know you also know, and you learned that statement since you were probably a little kid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. We preach all the time. We talk to everybody else all the time. God is with you. Something happened in your life, and we usually said, God is with you. Don't worry. God is with us. God is with us. We can move on. And here we have a prophet saying the same thing. Don't worry. God is with us. You know, we have more people on our side than on your, I mean, than on their side. Believe me. But it's kind of hard to believe sometimes that, isn't it? And what the prophet does is something that I think we need to have in mind every time we pray for somebody. When somebody has a problem, we usually, you know, they come to somebody else and say, can you pray for me? Yes. Can you pray that the problem is going to be fixed? Yes. Can you pray for my mother? Can you pray for my health? Can you pray? Can you pray for me? And we all get together and say, yeah, let's pray. You know, at this moment, Lord, I want. And we immediately ask for the miracle. But what the prophet does here, he is not asking for a miracle. The first thing he does, verse number 17, and Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And I'm going to tell you something, brother and sister. 
If somebody is going to pray for you, ask for that person to pray for you in such a way that God is going to be able to open your eyes and my eyes to see that the Lord is there with you. And doesn't matter what happened in the future. Doesn't matter what happened right now. You need to know first that God is with you. This church has a great mission. And we keep thinking sometimes it's small. God has a great mission for this church. God is with us. I think maybe we never, we just don't pray enough by saying, God, maybe, maybe I was doing the wrong prayer all this time. Maybe what I have to pray more and more, and you have to pray for me and for each other is, God, open the eyes of Wally. Open the eyes of Teresa. Open the eyes of, name it, Michael. I mean, open the eyes of my brothers and sisters so they will see your glory, your angels, your power, you being next to them. Before a miracle happens, you need to believe who is with you. Not only mention and say, oh yeah, I know God is with me, but when the moment comes, you are afraid. That's human nature. But my prayer for you, and you praying for me, maybe should be God open his or her eyes. So she or he will see that they are not alone. He is not alone. She is not alone. Even through hard times, even through, through moments of pain, that person is not alone. Only then, and this is the interesting thing, after that prayer, when the Lord opened his eyes, the eyes of the servant, and he saw these horses and chariots of fire all over them, around them, taking care of them. Only then, the next verse, verse number 18, as the enemy came down. Now that's an action. At first he was afraid of only seeing them. Wow, they are big. I'm afraid now. But... Elisha only prayed again to, I mean, for a miracle to happen when he saw in verse number 18, as the enemy came down, as the enemy was approaching to, 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 uh, to Elisha, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha has asked. And there is that process, that process that we all need to learn. Things are going to happen in life that are going to be hard. Yes. They are going to be overwhelming. Yes. Huge. You're not going to know what to do. Yes. Pray for the Lord to open your eyes. That even in those moments, you're not alone. And when you have to ask, when you have to act and do something about it, Pray to the Lord again so he will do something for you to help you in what you need.
the Bible says that they were struck with blindness. And when you think about blindness, you usually think about everything getting dark. And people who, who talk about this passage, this Bible text, they said they are not sure if it was blindness, because when you go to the original, when you read some of the Greek, it mentions just blindness, like you don't see anything, but not necessarily night blindness, as they call it, or day blindness. And what they think is that it was day blindness. And what do you mean with day blindness, Pastor? It's simple. Do you remember what happened with Paul when he was riding the horse? Suddenly he saw a light, huge light. They were blind by the huge light that happened. It's like you, you're now right now watching me, but suddenly everything gets white. But you don't know where you're going. Everything looks the same, white. And they think that that's what happened. They got, they blinded. They didn't know what to do. And the only thing they had to do after that, the story, I'm not going to read it, the only thing they had to do at that moment, they could do, it was to let the prophet guide them to a safe place. The story mentioned that once they got blind, Elisha said to them, I know where's the man you are looking for, and I, and I know the place. Let me take you there. How many of them are you talking? I mean, you're talking hundreds with horses, and everybody's kind of like, where are we going here? By the moment they reached the place, they were in the middle, in the downtown Samaria. In the middle of the downtown Samaria, everybody was there when Elisha talked to the Lord again, and he prayed again to the Lord and said, Lord, now open their eyes. When they opened their eyes, they were surrounded. Now, here comes another lesson for you and me. When they were in downtown, not Disney, but downtown Samaria, the Bible mentioned that when the king, I mean, verse number 21, when the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them, my father? And by the way, my father could be translated in many ways. My father here is the meaning of saying, my Lord. So they are asking, and they are showing who is in charge at that moment. It's not like father, son, my father, as meaning my Lord. Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Twice. And here is the lesson. Do not kill them, he answered. Will you kill men you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so, they, so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. The people that were trying to kill the people of Israel, other than being killed, now they were supposed to be eating and drinking. 
Okay, that's simple to say, okay, pastor, so that means they went back to their homes and they made some tortillas with beans and burritos with rice, beans, lots of salsa, and they brought it to them so that way they can take something to go. You know, they are very practical. Do they make horchata or Jamaica drinks so they can go and just go, and as they leave, they can go eat? The Bible mentioned that verse number 23, so he prepared, this is the king, so he prepared a great feast for them, and after they have finished eating and drinking, he sent them away, and they returned to their master. So the bands from Aram stopped riding Israel's territory. I don't know how do you translate this, but my father-in-law had a, a saying, and I'm, doing, I'm going to make my own translation here. He said, when somebody does something bad to you, when they want to fight with you with globes, and they usually are red or black, you punch back with a white globe. That's what he said. Meaning, you do not react the same way they react. And I feel that this moment is that punch back with a white globe. They probably were thinking, thank God, we have them here. It's time to kill them because they are going to come back. And the prophet said, no, you do not kill them. You feed them, you give them something to eat, you give them something to drink. And the king got the message to the point that he said, we're not going to just feed them and give them something to drink and eat. We are going to have a fiesta. Kind of like say, I'm going to bring piñata, let's bring the mariachis, and let's have the whole thing here so they can enjoy the moment, they can eat well, and then they can go home. The Bible said that after they left that place, they never did anything back to them. No more killing, no more bans, no more being afraid because they had a friend with them now. What can we learn from that? What can we learn from a message in which God tells them, you don't do the same thing they do to you? It's simple. You got it right now. It's not for you to answer back the same way the other people tell you some things that you don't like. It's not for you to react the same way those people who, they probably want to hurt you, you don't react the same way. You do different. The only way you are going to react when somebody wants to try to do something wrong to you or when somebody is doing something wrong to you, the only way you are allowed to react is by doing good to them. Let's learn that lesson. Because that's hard. Sometimes we even praise the Lord when some things happen to those people who don't like you, that we even said, praise the Lord, yes! Thank you, Lord. You are so good. But it's not about that. It's about what God wants not only for you to do, but what God wants 
for you to learn so you can grow to be different. Because you and I, we are different. You and I, we are children of God. You and I believe and have faith that God is always with us. And you and I believe and do things different in such a way that you only do well, only you do good to your neighbor, you only do good to your enemy, and everything else, punishment or whatever you want to call, that's God's, not you or me. Church, you are not alone. Brothers and sisters, you are not alone. You and I, we have a strong, powerful God who owns this planet. We have a loving God who is willing to do many things for you. We have a God who is willing to send angels to be next to you when you are going through hard moments in your life. We have a God that is there. He's an acting God all the time. But we fail to see his actions. We fail to see beyond of what we see in front of us. And every time we see in front of us the things that are very scary, we get to be afraid. We react. We say things that we're not supposed to be saying. We act in such a way that we are not supposed to be doing. Thank God that there are people praying for you and me. Thank God that God is still willing to hear to those prayers, maybe saying, Lord, open the eyes of my brother. Open the eyes of my sister. God is going to fight your fight. But because he fight your fight, you don't have any say in that fight. And when the moment comes that you can do or you're going to do something, or you have to do something because you are in front of that person, that problem, or whatever it is, you only do good. You only love them. You only give them what they need. You only provide that's what a Christian does when they know God. After that, maybe the Holy Spirit will work and you will have the best friend and your enemy. Maybe you will have the best friend and the person that just don't love you. But that's the act of God, not yours. God has great things for this church. I always believe that. He got great things for each one of you. If you are here, it's because he has a purpose for you. If you are here listening to what I'm saying, the Lord has a plan for you. Believe that. But more than that, act on it. Do something about it. 
God is good. All the time. And he loves you very much. You are not alone. God is with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, at this moment, O oh Lord, you know what I feel and you know this church better than anybody else. This moment, O oh Lord, I want to pray. I want to pray just like Elijah did. I want to ask you, O oh Lord, for you to open the eyes of my brothers and sisters. Yeah, I know they have issues. I know they have problems that they probably think is the worst of the worst, and nobody has more pain than they are. And they probably don't see any way out to their problems. Open their eyes. They see the church and probably they think, what can we do? I want to ask you again to open their eyes. They see their ministries and they're compared to other ministries and they see so small. Open their eyes, Lord. I want to ask you for you to open our eyes to see who is with us, who is fighting with us, who is next to us, who is taking care of us. Open our eyes to not be afraid and to move forward when you call us to do something. Be with my brothers and sisters. This is not an easy thing once we leave this church and we confront, and we confront the reality of having issues or problems. Be there for them. Help them to understand the character that you want to build in them. It's not a character of fight. It's not a character of giving back to those who don't do well to them with the same thing. It's a character of good. The same goodness that you give us every day. The same blessings that you give us every day. Help us to mold that character and grow and be ready because your second coming is around the corner. And we cannot be wasting time on other issues other than looking up to heaven and seeing you getting closer and closer and remembering that we have to work as one church, as one family of God. Thank you, because you always listen to our prayers. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.